you know, our mantra kind of from the beginning of the pandemic was really two things. One, keep the team and the boss safe. And two, keep the stores open. You know, we're an essential business and we need to support the communities, you know, that we're in. And they stepped up and, and have overcome a lot of adversity and a lot of challenges. And they've done it and done it well. That is Robert Johnson, Vice President of Stores for Bridgestone Retail Operations, or BSRO, which is our network of automotive service centers that keeps local communities moving, even during a pandemic. Hi there, I'm Keith Cauley, and this is Thrive, a Bridgestone America's podcast where we explore our company through compelling conversations with teammates across our organization. The numbers are big. Nearly half of our 50,000 teammates at Bridgestone Americas work for BSRO across its more than 2,200 locations, making it the largest network of company-owned automotive service providers in the world. We'll introduce you to area manager Katrina Shore, who will share some personal perspectives on the challenges and changes our frontline workers have experienced over the past year, and also explore the feelings of trust and teamwork that make our stores so successful. But first, We start with Robert, who will lay out the bigger picture of where BSRO fits within Bridgestone Americas, how it's playing a vital role in our North Star journey, and where it's shifting to meet the needs of future mobility. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, we are joined today by Robert Johnson, uh, one of the leaders for Bridgestone Retail Operations, our automotive service store network, uh, more than 2,200 stores across uh, the United States. Uh, excited to learn and hear about what's going on out in our stores and communities. Robert, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, Keith. Appreciate it. Really glad to be here to spend some time with you. Absolutely. And we're going to dive into a, a couple of different areas, but I think let's level set everybody with who you are, what your point of view and perspective is on all of this. So what is your role and what are you responsible for? Yeah, so I'm the vice president of stores for BSRO or Bridgestone Retail Operations. And, you know, my, my role, really, I lead all of our field teams across the country. So uh, whether that be the, the 2,200 store managers and the teams inside the store, as well as our area managers that run 10 to 12 locations each, uh, region managers that run 10 to 12 areas each, or division VPs that kind of lead our, our four large divisions across the United States. Uh, and also have responsibility for our field operations group. We have region op managers and division ops directors out in the field that help us execute and make sure we're delivering on our operational excellence initiatives. And so those folks also roll up to me. So that is a, it's a large footprint to look over, but uh, what is your career journey? I guess, how did you progress into this role and what helped you prepare for it? Great question, Keith. And yeah, so, so my background is primarily in retail. Started out of college, actually in finance, working for Best Buy. Uh, and had an opportunity to be there for five, six years, do a number of different roles, you know, within their finance organization, and had a chance to spend a couple of years supporting their field operations teams directly. And you know, had a chance to spend a ton of time in the stores and and with store managers and store teams, and uh, and I just fell in love with it. You know, it's really connected with, you know, the idea of retail, the connectedness of the customer and the teammate in the store. 
Um, just something that I got really passionate about. Had a chance to uh, to leave Best Buy and, and join Advanced Auto Parts uh, in a similar role, leading finance for their field organization. And then eventually, after a few years, talked them into letting me join the operations side of the business and, and run some stores. And had a mentor that, that uh, believed in me and took a big risk. And so I, I ended up getting a chance to run about 200 stores in the Northeast and did that for a few years and then moved back to uh, to Nashville and had a chance to run some stores here as well. And, you know, again, learned so much through that. But then the opportunity to join Bridgestone came along. And so I started here in the end of 2016, leading finance for BSRO. So jumped back into the finance role, uh, but had a chance to, to really be a part of the leadership team at BSRO and just love that time. Then had an opportunity to jump in and lead our consumer finance organization within Bridgestone. And then early this, in uh, 2020, uh, after the reorganization, I had an opportunity to lead America's Tire from a finance perspective. And then obviously some more recent changes, you know, had the opportunity to come back and, you know, go back to BSRO and, and just really, really excited about the opportunity to join this team. Yeah, I was I, I was just going to say, like, the, the retail mindset, right? You kind of came up in organizations that had that network of retail stores with people out uh, dealing with customers. Is, is there anything different maybe about the, the BSRO, the Bridgestone retail operations side, because you're also then part of a company that's also manufacturing a product? that goes through the stores? Is there different layers or aspects to that when you talk about just the retail world? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly a, a different mindset when you're also producing the product as well as selling it and thinking holistically about enterprise value and what's the right thing for BSRO, but also what's the right thing for BSAM and for Bridgestone Global. Um, certainly it, it changes the dynamic. And so that's that's really an interesting part really of, of being a part of a, a retailer owned by a manufacturer. I would also say the the, the other component that's a little bit different is Clearly, we sell tires and we sell a lot of them. But the other product that we sell really is the the time and the skills of our, you know, fantastic te- technicians out in the field. And so, you know, it's it's an interesting dynamic there as well, as, and a little bit different than more traditional retail. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about that kind of state of the business, because those people who have that skill and they're out there on really the front lines as it is over the past year. I mean, the the retail stores have been essential services with essential workers that have kept, you know, people on the road and the community services and frontline resources on the road to support uh, through all of these challenges. So I'd have to imagine the last, you know, maybe 15 months have come with a lot of obstacles and unique challenges and things to just kind of work through that you have never really seen before. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And I, you know, I would just say, first off, just how incredibly proud we are of, of our team and, and what they've accomplished and what they've done over the last 15 months. And, you know, it has not been easy. They've been on the front line during this pandemic and they didn't blink and they stepped up and, and have overcome a lot of adversity and a lot of challenges. And they've done it and done it well. You know, without excuses, they find a way to to continue to deliver and, and frankly over deliver our expectations in many ways. And you know, our mantra kind of from the beginning of the pandemic was really two things. One, keep the team and the boss safe. And two, keep the stores open. You know, we're an essential business and we need to support the communities, you know, that we're in. And, you know, we're passionate about doing that. And, you know, our teams really embrace that. Yeah. And I mean, I'd have to imagine you're dealing with, like you said, keeping your team, keeping your people coming to work with your team safe. 
but it's keeping the stores open all at the time where I think the, the customers and the communities that you're dealing with are changing in the way that they want to or need to interact with you, right? Because of just the shifts in the world around us. So how has the last year really shifted maybe the ways of working for your team in the stores for just our approach to supporting and interacting with the communities in general because of just the necessities of, of the last year? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I would say we've kind of uh, maybe just start with the operating model, right? And, and uh, you know, we, we have been really focused on what we call the three W's, wear a mask, wash your hands, and watch your distance. And we've really focused on that as a team. Um, obviously, significant safety protocols had to go into place into the stores. On top of that, we introduced, you know, new ways to do business with us from a contactless service where you could call in ahead of time, uh, drop your car off and never have to interact with anyone, you know, within the store, you know, physically. Um, we've obviously had to increase our our standards of sanitizing vehicles when we're done and doing everything we can to protect, you know, the boss as well as keeping the shops clean and just existing in this new environment of COVID. And the teammates had to had to really stretch there to do something different. So, you know, a lot of challenges when it when it came to that. And clearly, I think the boss has a different level of expectation now, and and I feel like they're. To be honest, I feel like that's not gonna not gonna change in the future. I think in a lot of ways we're we're learning new ways to function as a society and interact, and I feel like a lot of those things are gonna keep going forward. So it'll be fun as we as we move forward from here to kind of figure out where the world goes. But you know, the team really did a nice job of balancing throughout the the pandemic. And, and for our listeners, when when Robert says the boss, uh, it's not it's not the man upstairs. This is the customer coming into our store, and that's you know who we serve uh, day in and day out. That last point you made, Robert, I think we think about maybe some things were edging into this direction on, you know, the more convenient services that people might want. We're in an increasingly digital world already, but the pandemic just kind of forced that on everybody in a hurry. And now, like to you said, it's kind of here to stay. Is that accurate? Yeah, no, that's definitely how I'm feeling about it. And, you know, <laughs> look, I think, you know, as we as we think about our future journey, right, it's also forcing us as a leadership team to to think about what, where, where do we go from here on the digital platform? We've released a new app that's gotten, you know, frankly, better engagement than we expected, makes it easier to get an appointment with us, makes it easier to interact with us as an organization. But as we think about just the entire, you know, digital ecosystem or the digital experience of doing business with BSRO, you know, we got some work to do to bring all that together. But I think the pandemic really kind of forced us down that path maybe sooner than we would have been. And, you know, we'll continue to look for ways to, to optimize and, and effectively do those things in the future. Yeah. And, and we're starting to see, at least my, my own eyes have seen more people getting kind of back on the road. I, I personally had my own car issues, so I've kind of gone through this process in recent months of having to go into a store and, and get that service taken care of. But what has 2021 kind of been like after this crazy year as, as things start to come, I guess, as people start to emerge, so to speak? What's the last couple of months in the first of the year been like? It's been a really interesting time, uh, to be honest, Keith. And I think January, you know, we were still kind of in the depths of COVID and I kind of had coming down, certainly, but a lot of cases out there. And, and January was a little bit of a softer month for us. February, we started to see some positive trends and, you know, we had a significant weather event. So anyone in the middle part of the United States, certainly in Nashville, remembers the that, that snowstorm, which hurt our business. And then 
But really, the second half of February and into March, we started to see some really positive trends, to your point, as municipalities started to open up and as people started to venture out a little bit. Uh, and then I would say, really, in, in mid-March, when the stimulus hit, um, you know, we saw a significant increase in, in our business. It's been it's been a little bit of an interesting time because, like you mentioned before, you know, overall people are starting to get out and drive, but miles driven is still down, you know, pretty significantly high single digits from 2019. So even though people are starting to get out in totality, you know, overall miles driven is still a little bit softer. But those that are coming out now are flush with a little bit of extra cash and uh, I think preparing for summer vacation, frankly, and getting ready for, for a great summer. And March and April, both really strong months for us. And, and May is, is looking strong as well. So we're, we're really excited. We feel like as the world continues to open up and as people get ready for the summer, we, you know, we have an opportunity to, to have a really, really strong rest of the year. So we're, we're really excited about that. Yeah, and I think one of the other things we've talked about on on this podcast in particular is kind of in the midst of all of the the crazy of 2020, we have a new vision for Bridgestone as as a company and also for us in the Americas as a region. We talk about the North Star and what it's focused on and moving towards mobility solutions, but building upon our core businesses and our, our core expertise. And so BSRO, Bridgestone Retail Operations, seems to be an area of the business that's very connected within a lot of that different evolution, right? Both from the product perspective of future solutions. Where do you see your area of the business fitting into this whole North Star vision of Bridgestone? I would definitely agree with you, Keith. I think BSRO is kind of right in the center of, you know, our core tire business. You know, we sell a lot of tires for the tire company and, you know, we're, we're continually, you know, aligning with the consumer replacement team around, you know, driving incremental and improved mix. Um, and just driving overall volume and market share. And so our team's ability to execute and win in the market certainly has a huge impact on the broader BSAM's opportunities within the, the uh, consumer tire space. So clearly a connection to the core tire piece. And I really feel like we are an enabler of the consumer-facing tire-centric solutions. And, you know, some examples would be Firestone Direct, and, and we're partnering incredibly close with them right now as they look to expand and continue to uh, expand into the market. And at the end of the day, you know, I think the vision is to have an opportunity to be agnostic to what the customer wants, but regardless, be there to support whatever the customer needs are. And you can come to Bridgestone and whether you want to come into one of our 2200 stores or whether you want us to come to you, you know, we have the opportunity to do either one. And I really feel like that can be a differentiating space in the market and be an opportunity for, for us as an organization to grow market share and, and really, really win with the boss. And so incredibly excited about that. You know, the Resolve um, uh, organization really focused on the consumer-facing subscription service. BSRO is, is right there with them doing that. And, and we've sold over 1,000 uh, subscriptions so far uh, this year. And that's out of 20 stores just in the Tennessee market. And as they look to continue to expand, clearly BSRO is going to be a huge part of that. And we're early on. We're learning. We're working with them. We're getting boss feedback. We're evaluating the economics of it. But in the end, BSRO is right on the forefront of, of being able to help get that business going. And I think as it continues to expand across the uh, nation, PSRO is going to continue to play a huge role. 
clearly a huge connection to CFNA and, and the incremental additive value that they add for the boss and for the organization. I'd also say e-commerce. Huge part of e-commerce is, you know, can you buy online and come to our store to get tires installed? And, and you know, how do we continue to make that experience easy and really be top-notch so that we can, again, drive incremental traffic from the online space into our stores and sell more Bridgestone tires? So there's a ton of overlap. Those are a few, but there's a lot of other things out there, too, that we're working on and excited to be a part of that. So that's kind of where the business is going. Let's take, as we kind of close our, our time together, a step back into the big macro trend of the world of mobility that your team will need to be looking to support. As you said, the customer needs uh, what they need and they'll come to you. And so as we look at electric vehicles and we look at some different types of builds and in, in maybe not just tires, but other uh, automotive parts, you know, what are those big trends in mobility and how is BSRO with your extremely skilled staff kind of preparing for these things over the years ahead? Clearly from, uh, from an electrification perspective, significant potential impact on the BSRO business model in terms of, you know, the oil change and some of those those maintenance type services no longer being needed in a world that's 100% electric. Obviously, the, the world being 100% electric is still a ways out, but there's no doubt that it's going to continue to grow. And we know that. And so, The team is working hard right now. We've got a test going on in the Austin market where we're training and teaching the team around hybrid and electric service. And we're trying to learn and understand what it takes to be successful in that space. And, you know, we want to be a leader uh, in the future around servicing, you know, e-vehicles and and hybrid vehicles. And so we're going to continue to invest in, in learning and getting better there. It certainly has potential to uh, to have a significant impact on our business. Clearly, the autonomous vehicle is also something that can impact our business. And you know, we've actually made significant investments over the last several years on improved alignment machines and allows us to reset and recalibrate ADAS or advanced driver assistance systems. You know, everybody knows. You know, most cars sold now have backup sensors and forward sensors and cameras. What well, a traditional alignment you know, that we would do it was just an alignment. Well, now you have to also, you know, recalibrate all the ADAS equipment. So we've made a lot of investment there. That's one step on a longer journey as you go forward with what the world will look like with a fully autonomous vehicle. But again, we're learning, we're investing and, and uh, trying to prepare ourselves for what the future might look like. And then I would just share the, you know, maybe finally would be the the shared economy and, and the potential for the business to go more towards fleets. You know, the team's really invested today and, and we're working hard at growing our ability to service fleets, both in our stores and through Firestone Direct. So there's potential for us to continue to improve in that space and, and to build the right relationships with the right customers that, you know, are going to come out of it in the end, really having a huge impact on, on the future of mobility. So I think all of those things kind of come together and, you know, we're working hard on them all as a team and, you know, obviously continuing to, to be prepared for what's to come. Yep. Taking care of the now while also seeing what's coming. Uh, there's a lot a lot on the road ahead, which is exciting and different and uh, will change uh, the lives for a lot of people. And so, Robert, I really appreciate you taking uh, some, some of your time to go through where BSRO is and where BSRO is going and certainly reflect on probably one of the most unique and, and interesting uh, years uh, from all perspectives. So thank you so much for joining us today. That was my pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Keith. 
So as Robert helps paint the bigger picture, Katrina Shore can take us through the front door and into our local stores. Under brands like Firestone Complete Auto Care, Tires Plus, Hibden Tires Plus, and Wheelworks, our retail service centers employ teams of expert technicians, customer service professionals, and managers who pride themselves on serving their neighbors. That pride is more evident than ever these days after helping their communities weather the storm of 2020. Let's dive in. We are joined by Katrina Shore, an area manager with Bridgestone Retail Operations. Katrina, we are excited to talk to you to learn a little bit more about what's happening in our uh, retail uh, service network and with our teammates out in the stores. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for inviting me. I, I look forward to this experience. Absolutely. We're, we're excited to, to dive into all the different areas that are happening right now, kind of nationwide across the retail network. Let's start by localizing you for us. Where are you located? What is your role and what are your responsibilities? So I'm located in Denver, Colorado. My role is, is area manager. And uh, I feel like my responsibilities really change from day to day. You know, if you were to sum up uh, the area manager role for me, in my opinion, if you were to sum up that role in, in just a few words, you know, I'm, I'm a servant leader that directs my team towards the common goal of success would probably be the, the best way to say it. But, you know, I, I feel like any part of, of our management team, uh, any of our leaders out here on the field, we really all kind of do the same thing, right? If if somebody calls in sick, well, you, you take on part of that role. You help customers, you answer phones. So it, in the stores, could really be anything. Recently, I mounted a tire, uh, kind of not what you'd think of an area manager, but if the team needs the help, that's what we do. We're a team. You just step in and help. Yeah. Got to keep those skills fresh, right? Got to make sure you're yeah. still knowing how to how to do all the all the stuff in the garage. But, Absolutely. Uh, how many stores? So you said Denver Central. How many stores, how many teammates would kind of fall into that region just for perspective? Uh, I've got 10 stores and I'm probably right around mm, 85 teammates. Gotcha. Okay. And what, um, what's been your career journey, I guess, to this point of getting to uh, area manager? You said you've been a store manager before, but what's been part of the, the path to this point? I'm glad this, this question's coming up because I think I use my personal story when I'm recruiting because that's one of my, one of my favorite things about Bridgestone is how quickly I was given these opportunities to move forward because I, I feel like I'm a, a, a driven person. And I feel like one of my favorite things about Bridgestone is that that drive has been rewarded. Uh, I've been with the company for five years. I started out as a retail sales associate. Within a few months, I got promoted to service manager. At my one-year mark, I was given my first store, and I, I didn't have retail experience before this. It was a nice, busy store in Seattle. And then I was given the opportunity to go to a bigger store. So I went from eight bays to 12 bays in a nicer part of town, which is always fun. I was in the Ballard District. And... Uh, Really, just being driven, I, I I was successful in that in every role that I had up until that point. And my area manager was retiring, and he and I went to lunch one day and had a conversation where uh, he was he was a great individual, made me feel important, like I mattered, and said, you know, you you should probably apply for my job. So I applied for the Seattle area manager position and was offered the Colorado position and moved here with my family. And I absolutely love Colorado. It was the best decision I ever made. So that's my, my sort of skyrocketed career path. 
two and a half years with the company and I became an area manager. What is it about, I guess, your skill set? What is it that you brought to uh, the stores that they recognized and said you can move up and you can lead people and then you can lead like larger groups of people? I guess what what was in your wheelhouse that made that such a path to success? I think a big part of it is that flexibility, right? You can't lead everybody the same way because we do have a lot of different kinds of people, a lot of different backgrounds to make this team into a family, right? You've got, you've got mechanics that have gone to school to be mechanics. You've got, uh, sales teammates or, or front shop teammates that have gone to school to, to be in the business area, but you've also got people that have absolutely no experience where they're at. So you have to just kind of lead them all, all differently. And, uh, I, I think that's probably what I brought was just adaptability and drive is another big one. You know, I, I remember when I was first hired on as an RTS, I said, Hey, I, I'd like to promote. I, I, I really like this company. I like the way that everybody's treated. I like our standards. I like, um, I like how heavy we are for, uh, honesty. I think that's really, really important. And I, I do believe that's one of our, our fundamental base points inside of Bridgestone is that we're honest. We don't, we don't rip off the customer. We don't rip off the teammate. We don't rip off each other. We're just very, very honest. So uh, loving that, I asked my manager of the time, I said, Hey, I, I want to be a service manager next. How do I do that? And, you know, he gave me some, some tips and some tricks and uh, some goals, some very easily obtainable goals for me. And he let me run the shop a few times as an RTS and it just kind of all came together. So I did X, Y, and Z and was offered this opportunity. Yeah. And for clarification, just for listeners, RTS is what? The retail teammate of sales. Okay. You seem very passionate about your role and, and the things that you get to interact with people and your team. But I'd love to, to learn a little bit more about the experience uh, at the store level over the past year. So, you know, the year of 2020, the pandemic, the changes we've seen in society, I guess, as a, in a general sense, just what has this last year been like for you and for the teammates in the stores? I feel like the biggest change is really walking into a shop and the lobby is empty. That's, that was the, the weirdest thing to get used to because, you know, a lot of our lobbies have kids toys and TVs and magazines and, and now you walk in and it's just teammates. I feel like our customers have changed quite a bit in the, the pandemic too. We have a lot more customers, I suppose, that don't, I don't know, they don't stand there and, and, and look over things like they used to, if that makes sense. You know, in my, in my area, we call it the menu where there's a screen that you can print out and it has all of the recommendations for the customer. And the reason we call it the menu is we would pull the customer, you know, shoulder to shoulder with us behind the counter, wherever. And we would stand right next to them. And it was very personalized for that customer. And we'd go through all of the recommendations, like you would look at a menu at a restaurant, which is why we call it the menu. And then the customer would point to the things that they wanted to, to buy or the services they wanted. And we don't do that anymore. It's all kind of distant. We just, we call people now. And, you know, we also used to take customers out into the shop and we'd go over the car, we'd have the mechanic. And it was a, it was a friendly conversation. It was an educational experience for the boss. And now, unfortunately, it just seems a little, uh, just not, not as close as it was. Yeah, understandably so, as, as everybody tries to work their way, I guess, through their own comfort level and the environment around them. And 
what what's been kind of the conversations you've had with the teammates in your stores who were then on this other side, right, of, of mm-hmm. going through it and continuing to come to work? Because, uh, you know, I'd have to imagine there's an extreme, you know, sense of pride in the the type of work that we're doing is we're keeping, you know, the the medical frontline resources on the road. I mean, you know, the stores that we have across our community serve fleets of vehicles for government service and police law enforcement and, and, and all down the line of the vehicles that are out there that needed to continue to do their work. At the same time, you're all humans experiencing this massive shift in the world together. So I guess what types of conversations did you have with your teammates as they were managing through this whole situation uh, as well as the world around us? So a lot of the conversations focused on safety. Probably the hardest conversations we had was in the initial part of the pandemic when we uh, furloughed our teammates. There was a lot of concerns and it, it you know, it, it became very personal. It was, uh, it was heart-wrenching. I'll never forget making those calls in, in the beginning of the pandemic. It just so happened the day I signed on my house I was buying was the day we furloughed teammates. And so sitting in a, in a completely empty house, telling everybody it's, it's going to be okay, and just answering questions and making everybody feel included. But since then, we've all become closer in this team. Every single teammate has my cell phone number, not just the store managers. Every single teammate can call me and talk to me or text me or, or whatever. And I feel like going through this pandemic as a team and focusing so much on the inclusion and, and how much people matter and how much we want them to stay with us has made us closer as a team. I feel closer to my, my peers, my subordinates, my supervisors. There was some good that came out of it, you know? Yeah. What I'd have to imagine, you said you're you're sitting there on the floor of the the empty house, talking to teammates and answering questions about their fears and uncertainty. Uh, you had to be feeling a lot of the same. Is that is that accurate at the time? I mean, who knows where any of this oh, is absolutely. going, and you're on the other end. <laughs> yeah, with um with a house I had just purchased. <laughs> right. And so, there's a hot moment where I was sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, how am I going to make this house payment?" Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What am I going to do? But I have faith in this company. I, I honestly do. And I feel like I exude that. I feel like my, my teammate picked up, my teammates picked up on that. And I just, I found that little nugget of hope where Bridgestone has never let me down before. They're not going to start now. When I wanted to promote Bridgestone, gave me the opportunity. When I wanted to promote again, there was Bridgestone has always come through for me. And I just, I grabbed that little spark of hope and I just held on to it, just snuggled it up in my hand with a little tiny ember and gave it air and tried to make it into a fire and spread that fire through all my team. <laughs> yeah, understand. Yeah. What about, um, I guess, your outlook beyond the changes in the pandemic? Obviously, you said the customer experience is a little bit different. Some of that is going to be here to stay. Um, what are the big shifts that you've just seen on the path forward from how FCAC, Firestone Complete Auto Care, and Bridgestone Retail Operations will interact and, and kind of operate with the customers? And then the larger, I guess, vision forward of uh, what comes from here. I mean, have you seen kind of the shift in a new direction and how do we move forward in this new world? I, I think the most noticeable shift has come from online sales. Prior to the pandemic, it was a rarity that we would get prepaid for tires on our schedule. For those of you who don't know, 
There's an option where you can go to firestone.com and you can buy your own tires. You can pay for them on the website. And then as a teammate on our side, it just shows up automatically in our schedule and there's no money or anything that changes hands. Uh, so the customer could drop the car off the keys in the key box and leave, go about their day, come back and pick it up. And it's got new tires on it. They never actually have to interact with us except for on the phone. And I think even in my personal life, uh, I've changed and done, you know, I, I grocery shop online now and then I go pick it up at, at the, uh, the supermarket. I spend way too much money on Amazon, like everybody else, I'm sure. And, uh, I think that's probably going to be the biggest noticeable shift is that I feel like that convenience is here to stay. I think we're all, you guys are probably seeing more of the, uh, the Amazon trucks, the, the last, last mile delivery vehicles that are coming through for mm -hmm. service too, as those increasingly hit the road. Oh, We've yeah. seen a lot more it's of great. those in, in, <laughs> in the last year for sure. Um, I guess just to wrap up our time t together um, as we close, what is it about your job that seems to motivate you so much? You seem, you, you've talked about a couple of different areas, but where does all of this natural enthusiasm, the energy, the drive, where does this come from? What gets you up to go back to it in the morning? I believe that Bridgestone does the right things for the right reasons. Our recycling program, our recycled tires, I love that about the company. I love that we are trying to leave the world a better place. And I also feel like on a, on a smaller, more localized level, I've got an amazing group of managers that work with me right now. I've got an amazing leader. My regional manager is fantastic. I could call him day or night with issues and he'll help me walk through it. Our HR business partner, he's fantastic. All of my, my peers in the area managers, they're all great. We all work as a team and that makes me want to keep coming back. That motivates me being part of a team that respects each other and treats each other so well. Yeah. Well, we are excited and happy to have you on the team, Katrina. And uh, you can just tell by talking to you that that is a that's a genuine sentiment from you. Um, and, and so we thank you for taking the time to share it with us today and really just spending a few minutes to reflect on the year that's been and the road ahead as it all kind of continues to evolve. But thank you so much for, for sharing and talking with us. Thank you. It was great being here. The changes keep coming and they're not likely to slow down anytime soon. But as we see these significant shifts in the future of mobility, we hope you also see that Bridgestone Retail Operations has the plan and the people to meet those challenges, whatever they may be. We look forward to exploring more stories across our retail business in the future. But until then, we hope you'll share this podcast with others and also let us know what you think. You can leave a rating or review in your favorite podcast app or you can send an email with feedback or a story idea to thrivepodcast at bfusa.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Keith Colley, reminding you to keep on keeping on. And remember that at Bridgestone, today, tomorrow, together, we thrive. Be good, everybody. Bye.